And he said to them, notice verse 6, cast the net, singular, on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. And notice, they, they didn't argue, they didn't hesitate this time. And you may be wondering, what do you mean this time? Well, we're going to get to that. They would make this huge catch of fish, but Jesus was ultimately going to make them fishers of men. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. Jesus made a strange suggestion to the disciples. There was no logical reason why fishing in the morning light would be better than fishing at night. There was no reason why fishing on one side of the boat would be better than the other side. It wasn't even directly a test of trust in Jesus because they didn't even know that it was him until the fish were caught. This was probably a test of their ability to find the guidance of God in small and unsuspected ways. This account illustrates the principle that we should never be afraid to change our method as long as it is at the direction of Jesus. Now here's Pastor Rob. I'm going fishing. And they said, we are going with you also. And so they get into a boat and that night they caught nothing. They caught nothing. And I'm glad that this is here in the Gospels because it encourages me because I realized that these men were normal men, and you know there were no women, ladies, sorry, among them, but they were normal men like we all are, were normal people. They weren't superheroes, but they grew in their walk with Jesus just as we are growing in our walk with him as well. Don't be discouraged for the day of small beginnings. Don't be discouraged by the little baby steps that you make, the little acts of obedience. Don't be dismayed by any of that stuff. Take those little steps and let them build and build and build. And you know what? It's the slow tortoise that wins the race. We don't have to be the the guy on fire with our hair flying back like the Maxell commercial back in the 80s. No, we don't have to be that. We, We can just take it slow and steady and just allow the Lord to work in our lives. And that's really important because we live in a high paced society. Just take your time and enjoy the sanctification. Because Christ is sanctifying you and I day by day. And so this encourages me because these guys were no different than than us. And at this time, I believe that Peter was still wounded by what he had done. He had denied the Lord three times. He's only seen him a couple times now. And it's it's at least a week and a half, maybe two weeks by now. And, um, And he was overcome, I believe, with grief and likely ashamed of himself, especially because he boasted of his devotion to Christ. And then Jesus predicted that he would deny him, and Peter ultimately did deny him. In spite of his boasting and his self-confidence, and how humiliating that must have been for Peter. And so I believe that Peter was despondent. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know, you know, Christ has been crucified, he's resurrected, he's shown himself a couple times now. But I don't know what to do. What am I going to do now? And so he's like, you know what, I'm just going to go. 
and I'm going to go fishing. And all the other disciples are like, hey, we'll follow you. Peter was the leader. He says, I'm, I, I got to go fishing. That's all I know how to do. And you know, setbacks and discouragements are often enemies of faith. Don't let it be, but it can be. And we tend to get fatalistic. Do you tend to get fatalistic and tempted to throw in the towel when things aren't really going your way? And maybe you're, you're getting setbacks. Maybe there's difficulties in your life. Maybe you're struggling with some area of sin and you're thinking, I'm never going to get a handle on this thing. Lord, I'm at the edge. I'm about ready to throw in the towel. I would encourage you to not to throw in the towel. Because sometimes the Lord gets us right to the edge and he does something really wonderful. And we're going to see that today as well. So I really appreciate the realness of this passage because without Jesus, they were aimless. They were confused. They were like a ship without a rudder. They were like a boat out in the ocean without an anchor. And have you ever felt worthless and useless and beyond repair? Have you felt that way? I have. Have you felt like giving up, feeling like the walls of your life are all crumbling down around you? And then you say, what's the use of me even continuing in this relationship with Jesus? Well, I've felt the same way. And I think it is to be human to feel that way. Unfortunately, that's just human. We all go through difficulties. We all go through problems, but we cannot give up. At our lowest ebb, when the, that, that's usually when the Lord comes in and swoops in and encourages us and renews us, and we're going to see that today. So don't give up. Don't lose hope. Don't waver in faith. Trust in the Lord and wait upon him. And waiting is something we Americans don't do very well. We want it right now. We want it our way right away. We don't want to wait for anything And yet, isn't it true that the greatest things in life that we've had to wait for, those are the greatest blessings? The things that really caused you to wait. Things that you've had to save for before you could actually take possession of. Things that took a long time. You've been praying for years and years and years, and you've been building up, and it's like, oh, Lord, what? And then finally, it comes through, and you're like, oh, my gosh. And then you're just excited And God is excited too. He's like, you know what? I heard every single one of those prayers. And right now, I'm going to bring them to fruition. Right now, I'm going to do this thing in your life that you've always wanted, that you've desired, that I've desired. But I've had to bring you through some things. I've had to grow you in some ways. And there's no way around it. There's no cliff's notes to life. There's no way to circumvent things to get us to closer to Christ. I find that to getting closer to him, I find I, I usually have to be broken more and that things in my life have to be falling apart. Because when things are going well, I don't seek him as much. But when my life is in shambles, that's usually when I cry out to him. Can anyone relate to that? We do. And, that's, and, and the Lord knows this. And he's not even angry with you about it. He just He knows that's what you're made of. That's your old nature. And thank God, hopefully all of us have a new nature. The Spirit of God indwelling us. So don't give up. And I love what it says in Proverbs. It says, For a righteous man will fall seven times and rise quickly, but the wicked shall fall by his calamity. And there's some other verses too that I love too. Psalm 37, Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. And as we read this restoration of Peter, think of this about yourself as well. Perhaps you're in a place of needing to be restored this morning, like Peter. 
In Micah 7, 8, Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. And then the psalmist says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Have you been cast down? I have been a lot. Over the last couple of years, my soul has been cast down to the ground so many times I can't even recall. But notice, why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? And here's the answer, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Hallelujah. (laughs) The help of his countenance. He wants to help you. God is a God of help. He's not a God of, he's not an angry God. He wants to help and bless you. But notice at the end of verse 3 there, it says they went out and they immediately caught nothing. And I don't think this was any coincidence because Peter and the others were at a place, again, of not knowing what, they, what to do. So they just did what they had done before Jesus called them. And in times of confusion, heartache, and disappointment, that's usually what we grasp for. We find familiarity and comfort in something that we've done before. And unfortunately, that is very natural. But the Lord is going to be doing something in their lives here shortly as they are out on the, on the Sea of Galilee fishing all night. And finally, they, they catch nothing until the early morning when they're probably spent, when they've probably exhausted all of their energies. And now Jesus on the shore says, hey, you guys catch anything? And they don't know who it is. They're like, who are you? No, we didn't catch anything. Why don't you cast the net over on the other side? Notice I, I made sure to pronounce net, singular. Cast the net on the other side of the boat. <laughs> and so they do. And we'll look at that shortly. But notice... But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. The disciples didn't know that it was him. Again, another instance of Jesus' resurrection body being somewhat different from his natural body. And I'm looking forward to getting a new body. Are you looking forward to getting a new body? I'm wondering if there's an app, you know, where we could like, you know, like heaven.com or something like that. We can go and we can design our own body and then we can, we can click submit and the Lord would, you know, we'll get our order when he shows up, you know. I want to be like in my late 20s. I want to have a nice, you know, I used to have blonde hair when I was young, when I was younger. And, you know, long flowing golden locks and, you know, um, you know muscular and all that stuff. Can speak several languages. Um, the Lord's probably going to make me a donkey. He's probably gonna, he's probably gonna resurrect me, and I'm gonna be, you know, hauling somebody's, you know, goods, you know. But notice, Jesus said to them, "Children, have you any food?" And they said, "No." And 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 of course, Jesus knew the answer. He doesn't ask questions to gain information. He already knows these things. Just like in in Genesis chapter three, when God saw, you know, Adam, and He says, "Adam, where are you?" Do you think God knew where Adam was? I think He did. But Adam didn't know where he was, even though he, was, he knew where he was, but he really didn't know where he was. And God says, Adam, where are you? God already knew the answer, but he's waiting. He's drawing us out. And that's one of the great things about God. And if you're an interrogator for a police department like Tom Vasile, that's what they do. They draw information out of you. Tom, if you're watching today, hallelujah, he's homesick, but... You know, they draw information out of you, and that's what they do, and that's what God does. He wants to hear what's in your heart. He already knows it, but he wants to see if you're willing to spill the beans. I would encourage you to spill the beans, no matter how ugly they are. God has big shoulders. He can take whatever you've got to bring to him, even if it's ugly and nasty. 
To me, that's the freedom about, you know, prayer. And my own personal prayer. I can bring all my dirty laundry to the Lord, and he's not ashamed of me telling him the deepest, darkest, wickedest things of my heart, and I confess them to him. He's not like, he's not like up there going, oh, I can't believe it. I thought you were really something, Rob. I guess I'm just going to have to find somebody else. No, he's like, oh, I already knew about that. I'm waiting for you to come to understand it, but I already knew about this. And by the way, I knew all of that stuff when I chose you in the beginning. Before you were formed in the womb, Robert, <clears throat> I knew you. And before he formed you in the womb, he knew you. I love, uh, you know, all these abortion debates right now, and they say, you know, this one thing in California, I can't believe it. 38 days after the baby's born, they can, they can kill the child. I mean, I'll stop there, but let me just say this. I would like to back it all the way up and say, you know what, it's even, it's even better than conception. Certainly we begin at conception, but I would argue, based on uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, I think it's verse 3 or 5, where he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. We have no business messing with that stuff. And he said to them, notice verse 6, cast the net, singular, on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. And notice, they, they didn't argue, they didn't hesitate this time. And you may be wondering, what do you mean this time? Well, we're going to get to that. They would make this huge catch of fish, but Jesus was ultimately going to make them fishers of men. And he was going to use this instance in the life of the disciples to teach them a lesson and also to restore Peter and the rest of them as well. But Jesus was going to continue and finish what he started with the disciples back in the beginning of his ministry. If you remember back in Matthew chapter 4 when Jesus first, commi- uh, first uh, called his disciples, it says, Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So instead of catching fish, which is a noble cause we all need fish on our on our plates every now and then right nothing wrong with being a fisherman but i have a plan for your life and it's going to change instead of catching these fish here in the sea of galilee i'm going to make you fishers of men i'm going to make you fishers of men and you know what there's no greater joy than bringing a person to jesus or being a part of bringing a person to Jesus. There is no greater joy than having your sins forgiven by God. I remember the day when I was laden with in my sin, so many, so much sin in my life, and having been forgiven, I remember the weight off my shoulders. I literally felt like I could breathe again because I had been mounting up so much stuff on myself, all of my sin, and then to have, confess it all to God and give it up to Him. In a moment of severe honesty, in tears, saying, Lord, forgive me, and to have that weight lifted. Is there anything greater than that? Is there anything greater than being indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God? The very God, the Godhead indwelling you, not making you a God, but giving you a new nature, the Spirit of God suppressing that old nature, now the big man on the block, the ruler of your heart and life. I remember that very clearly. Is there any greater joy than not only having a hope, not only for this life, but also the resurrection to come? We've got the greatest hope. 
And is there, and then knowing that we will be in the physical presence of Almighty God for eternity, is there anything greater than that? Seriously, and is there anything greater than bringing someone to Christ that they might experience the very same thing and see, church, this is what we need to get back to doing. We need to get back to doing that. Because are we actively sharing the truth of the gospel with people around us? with our family members, with our co-workers, with acquaintances? Are we still doing that? Are we still willing to do that? Or are we happy and content just to come to church and be in our holy huddle? We have to get out of this building. We have to get out of our comfort zones. We need to be about the Lord's business again. That's what we need to do. Be willing to share wherever you go. And yes, let it challenge you. Don't be afraid. You've got the best news and the greatest message the world has ever heard. And guess what? You've got the authority of God on your side and the Holy Spirit in you to aid you and to give you boldness. So let's get at it again. Let's get at it again. We've been hiding in our COVID shelters way too long. It's time to brush off the hurt and the discouragement and begin opening our hearts and our mouths again with the gospel and the truth of God's word. And you know what? The time of COVID appealed to our lower nature. You know why? Because we didn't visit with anybody. We didn't talk with many. And certainly we didn't do it in person. And, uh, and you know anybody outside of our family, we didn't do it. And we got used to it. But like a caterpillar going through its next metamorphosis, we need to come out. We need to break out of that cocoon. And our wings need to come out. We need to fly away. We need to begin sharing the truth with people again. We need to do it, folks. In Romans, Paul says this. He says, How, shall the, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. And what did Jesus tell us? chronologically, after the events that we're looking at today in John chapter 21, immediately following was the Great Commission. And Jesus tells us in Matthew 28, beginning in verse 16, it says, Then the eleven disciples, they went away into Galilee. And they're certainly there because they were uh, in the boat, and, and, and soon we'll be reading that. But the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, in which a mountain to Jesus had appointed for him. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, Notice, all authority has been given me in heaven and on earth. And here is the great commission. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Go to all nations and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's what we are supposed to be doing. That commission to the disciples was no different than our commission today. The marching orders haven't changed. And folks, we need to get about that again. We need to get out and get out of our comfort zones and being more vocal about our faith. What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of man? You know what? Who are we going to stand before in all of eternity? Don't be afraid of any man, no matter what they look like, or woman, no matter, what they, no matter their personality. J. 
Just pray that God will give you a heart and the courage to open your mouth when he wants you to open your mouth. Sometimes we should be silent. But sometimes he wants us to open our mouth. And you know that urging you get sometimes. Why, why, why keep that from, you know, why stifle it? Let it out. You'd be surprised what happened. I, I've been surprised many times where I've been, felt the urging to share something with somebody. And I'm like, no, Lord. I, and then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm gonna see what happens. And I do, and they crack like an egg. Who prepared that? It wasn't me. It was God. He was going to use me, but I was like, no, can't be me. I'm kind of in a hurry, Lord. i got things to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, really, Rob? Well, who's, to whom do you belong? Well, I belong to you, but... <laughs> Paul says, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for of necessity is laid upon me. Yes, and woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. And why do we do this? And you know, you think about it, for God, and this is in John chapter 3, verse 17, God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Yes, there's coming a time when God will condemn the world. We know that that day is coming. But when he came the first time, as a baby through the Virgin Mary, he came with a specific purpose to die on that cross for you and I, for the sin of the whole entire planet. Anybody who's ever lived or will live, he paid the price once and for all. That was his purpose. That was his mission. He came to restore a bride for his father. That's what he came for. And notice in verse 6 that, Jesus says, cast the net on the right side of the boat. You might want to underline the word net because I want to share something with you that's really interesting. I believe that Jesus said net very specifically to remind Peter and the disciples about something that happened in the past. And a kind of a tongue-in-cheek statement. So what was this event? Turn with me to Luke chapter 5. Turn with me to Luke chapter 5. You're going to see something here that's very interesting. And remember what Jesus just said to them. He says, cast out the net. And I believe it was tongue-in-cheek. And I also believe that was an indicator for the disciples to know who it was that was speaking on the shore that they couldn't see. Because guess what? He was 300 feet from shore when he said this. A football field, 100 yards. Think of that. Can you see somebody on the, on the, other, on the goal from one goal to the other clearly? And he says, throw the net on the other side of the boat. And I bet one of them is going, oh boy, I remember this. Because early in Jesus' ministry, early in Luke chapter 5 encapsulates it. It says, so it was, and this is a separate instance, okay? This is not the same thing. So it was, as the multitude pressed him about, uh, uh, pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. And then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out the boat from the land a little bit. And he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat, which is a great thing to do, honestly, because when you're out in the water, when you're out on the Galilee, and I know this firsthand, you can be out there and you can hear people talking on the shore. It's, it's like a natural amphitheater because there's mountains all around. It's like the sound you, you could be several feet away and hear exactly what they're saying. And so Jesus did this, obviously, because he knew he had command over nature. He knew what he was doing. He could have stayed on the shore, but he's like, you know what, there's a lot of people here. I'm going to back out into the water, and I've got my own natural amplifier here, so I'm going to use it. That's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. 
Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as our location, service times, information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, and information regarding Bread of Life Academy, our new school opening in the fall of 2023. Just click the school link at the top of the page for more information. Additionally, you may also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play Podcast or Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.